everyone. Welcome to this edition of HFS Unfiltered. I am Elena Christopher, the Chief Research Officer, and we are going to do a Horizons version of HFS Unfiltered today. Uh, and by that, I mean we are going to talk about a just-released Horizons study in the life sciences sector, and I'm going to be talking with the head of our healthcare and life sciences research, Rohan Kulkarni. Hello, Rohan. Good morning, Elena. How are you? I'm well, thank you. All right, let's dive right into this. Um, let's do some level setting first. Um, why this study? How did you manage the evaluation? And who the heck did you evaluate? Tell us about it. Absolutely. Thanks, Elena. So as an architect, as, a, um, as one of the architects of the Horizon Studies yourself, you know this very well, that our Horizon Studies typically capture the supply side dynamics uh, to address the rapidly evolving uh, demand side needs, right? And that's precisely what the Life Sciences Horizon Study has done in trying to understand the dynamics of the supply side for the life sciences industry. Uh, in this 2023 uh, study, we've evaluated 29 service providers, one of the largest uh, study and richest uh, insights that we managed to collect. And our evaluation is structured around the triple aim of care, which is to understand how service providers are helping reduce the cost of care, enhance the experience of care, as well as improve health outcomes of, of consumers. Um, and as, as part of the study, we've uh, categorized the service providers in Horizon 1 if they have predominantly focused on trying to address costs. Um, we've, we've categorized them as Horizon 2 if their focus is mostly on experience and cost, while those in Horizon 3 are those who address all the three attributes of the triple aim of care. Fantastic, Rohan. And honestly, it sounds quite a meaty study with that array of providers. Um, okay, so you've done this assessment of these 29 providers. Is it 29? 29, yes, indeed. 29. Okay. You've done this assessment of 29 providers um, to the life sciences sector. What did you learn? So um, I found it extremely insightful and, and exciting in so many different ways, because this is one of those few industries, um, if at all, where there is extreme peril as well as the promise, right? Um, we are post-pandemic. Um, sure, the pandemic was the largest in the last hundred years, but this does not preclude from the fact that there might be more pandemics in our own lives, in our own life spans. Um, the prevalence of disease around the world is also extraordinary while the populations increase, right? So th there is a lot, of, lot happening in the world. So what we found are three key insights that I will share today. One is from a supply side is the sophistication of offerings, right? From an infrastructure standpoint, from a capability standpoint, suppliers and service providers have really stepped up their game post-pandemic. Um, and I've seen evidence of that in terms of the drug discovery that they're involved in, many of them have wet labs and dry labs uh, with extraordinary capabilities in there. Um, they're also built up infrastructure and, and offerings in order to address smart manufacturing, uh, because manufacturing from a life sciences standpoint is really a global industry and they're able to uh, provide more than adequate support there. And lastly, many of them are partnering with life sciences in order to create and develop novel direct-to-consumer offerings, which is quite extraordinary because that's sort of the holy grail for a lot of pharmas to, uh, to, uh, to connect with their consumers directly versus through a variety of uh, uh, third parties, if you would. Um, the second key insight is around ecosystems. 
uh, it is it's becoming extremely clear that more and more service providers are using ecosystems as a default state. Um, but that's not news. The news is sort of the, the, the configuration of those ecosystems, the level of diversity that the suppliers and service providers have in their ecosystems. Currently, there is an, an, a significant bias uh, towards partnering with some of the large enterprise platforms um, and, and SaaS uh, and hyperscalers. And so my sense is that as time progresses, so service providers are probably going to um, get smarter about the configuration so that they include more startups, more segment-specific uh, players, uh, more academia as part of that um, ecosystem, the partner ecosystem, right? And that probably, uh, right now, I do believe that they're missing opportunities, but in the future, I do believe that will be a core to their differentiation as they go to market. And then lastly, are sort of the, uh, the, the I, I, I almost want to say a, a classic comparison between going to market using services or, or delivering outcomes. Today, service providers have a strong bias towards going to market just based on their capabilities and offerings. Right? Um, they, I think, are missing out on the opportunities that outcome-based um, or outcome-based offerings could potentially um, help, um, help life sciences, if you would. Uh, but then again, I don't want to be particularly critical of service providers on that because this is both a function of buy-side behaviors as well as, as supply-side behaviors. So the good news is um, there are opportunities going forward. And, you know, from a research standpoint, I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. Thank you for those insights, Rohan. So I heard, all right, level of sophistication, quite high. Uh, ecosystem, ecosystem rising, very essential. I will note, I just read an article in the current issue of Vanity Fair about Project Warp Speed, which was all about the US development of COVID vaccines and how it was inherently enabled by a massive and pretty impressive ecosystem. And then thirdly, the quest for, for outcomes. But I think you make a very fair point about it is always that the dynamic between the demand side and the supply side. You can't blame it all on the providers. Okay, Rohan, let's get to the heart of the matter. Um, who were the leaders and the relative categorization of the market participants in your study? Absolutely, Elena. Look, th this, uh, was, this was real hard work. I mean, putting together a Horizon study uh, at any given time is, uh, requires a lot, of, a lot of work, but this one in particular is very hard, primarily because service providers are at an entirely different level than I'm used to in any industry. Um, so with that said, um, as I indicated earlier, 29 service providers, I'll start with Horizon 1, who we call disruptors. Uh, in this category, we have Ecardus, Epexon, Hitachi Digital Services, Inova Solutions, Sonata, and WNS. In the Horizon 2, which we call as enterprise innovators, we have Capgemini, Deloitte, Genpak, Hexaware, Infosys, KPMG, LTI Mindtree, Entity Data, Optum, Persistent, PwC, Publicis, Sapien, SoftServe, Tech Mahindra, and Virtuoso. And in our Horizon 3, who we tend to call market leaders, are Accenture, Citus Tech, Cognizant, EY, HCL Tech, Indigene, uh, TCS, and Wipro. Fantastic. All right, Rohan, thank you so much for sharing this summary of your study uh, and the, the status and the detail based on your market evaluation. 
Um, I encourage everybody to go to hfsresearch.com and take a look at the findings. We'll be shortly circulating a, a blog post uh, also on hfsresearch.com with the details. Thanks so much, Rohan. Thanks, Elena.